Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week. But we don't always know which days it's going to be on, so there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Simon Thomas here in the, the dark depths of the Wales Online Towers. Yes, in the bowels of uh, Media Wales. Indeed, the bowels. Uh, to reflect on the start of the Wayne Pivak era, the uh, the new era of Wayne Pivak is up and running and uh, not a bad start, was it? Yeah, as I said earlier in one of my pieces, uh, Wales entered through Gatlin's Gate and they left through Pivak's portal to the future. I shall be copywriting that, so anybody else wants to use it can send me a check. Bank details will be in the post. And uh, all in all, a pretty satisfactory start, I think, to you know Wayne Pivak's first game in charge of Wales and Six Nations, kind of his first competitive outing, uh, 42-0. You don't get many nils in Test Rugby, five tries, Three more tries to Josh Adams and a very, very, very impressive debut from a certain Nick Tompkins, which I'm sure we'll come on to. I was going to say, if Wayne Pivak had a, had a check sheet at the start of this game, I, th- I think he'd have probably ticked off most of the things on it, wouldn't you? you know, bonus point win, mm. keep the opposition scoreless, you know, signs of, of attacking promise. And But let's start with uh, Josh Adams, we mentioned him, uh, hat-trick now. So he uh, joins a very elite club of of players to uh, score hat-tricks in World Cups and um, Six Nations. Uh, only four others. Can you name them? Um, did Gareth Thomas possibly do it? He, I think he scored three against Italy, but maybe it was when they weren't in the Six Nations before it. Yeah, because uh, he scored a 95 World Cup, but he's not one of them, or at least not, the, not the Wales? list I've got. Uh, for all, all together, so for anyone in the Six Nations... Mm, goodness so me. Will Greenwood. You've got, you've got yeah two Englishmen, not one, not Will Greenwood, one Scott and one Frenchman. Oh right, I shall write the answers down for my future quizzes and pretending I found the knowledge. You can tell me the answers. Chris Ashton. Oh yes, the uh, the Swallow King. Yeah, Mark Quato. I can remember Quato doing it in the World Cup. Yes. Yeah, and he scored three against Italy. I think twenty eleven. Vincent Clerc. No, he could score a try or two. Uh, the one, the, the Scottish one's a bit before my time, so I'm not exactly sure on the pronunciation. Uh, Ewan, Ewan, I saw Ivan. It was Ivan Tukolo. Ivan Tukolo. I W A N, but pronounced Ivan. He was a tidy player as well. Is that how it's pronounced? Well, there mm. we go. So Josh Adams, uh, in an elite club. Um, if you look at his scoring. yeah, if you look at his finishes, one was a, a run in. Thank you to Mister Biggers, flick through his legs. The first one was a strong finish. It was one of those you saw him flying down the wing, and you thought he's going to, have to cut inside, but he's just got such blistering pace. He just went straight for the corner, drew a kind of slightly high tackle, and had the strength to get the ball down without his feet going to touch. And his, his final try showed that he can you know, can do the the, the nitty gritty close range finishes as well, forcing his way over. I think the start I saw is that since the start of 2019 in Test rugby, that's. 13 test tries. It's just phenomenal, yeah. really. The man is absolutely on fire and he's already leading the way for a top try scorer in the tournament on the back of top try scorer in the World Cup. It's not bad, is it? I think he scored the last try in the Warren Gatland. First try for Wayne Pivak and now the first try for Wayne Pivak in the Six Nations. Mm. It's, it's stunning. Uh, 
what he's doing at the minute. Yeah, first two tries, interestingly enough, off um, both of set-piece ball. I think yeah. what we will come on to talk about was that there was a real nice variety to the attacking game. We've talked about how Pivak himself has used the phrase evolving the attack, and uh, anyway, it wasn't revolutionary. It was evolution rather than revolution, as you often said. But I like the variety. There was lots of different ways of, uh, of, of stressing and taking on the, the Italian defence, you know, forwards carrying the ball up, uh, strike runners out wide in the backs. Um, you also saw the utilising of the chip over the top. They obviously spotted that as a potential weakness in the Italians and that worked really well. They dominated the aerial battle, got up in the air, kicked to reclaim, worked really well. Um, and they struck off set piece first by moving the ball wide and then with a couple of line of drives and the flick through the legs from Bigger. In the second half, then you saw a great individual finish from Tonkins and two close-range finishes from Adams and North. So it was a, it was a real mix to the way they attacked. Uh, it wasn't just wide, wide, wide. Yeah. It shows that they've got you know plan A, B, C, D, E and, e and F by the look of it. Indeed. Hopefully you won't need G. G <laughs> um, for Gatlin. Exactly. <laughs> you talked about uh, Josh Adams' uh, first try there. Uh, and, and someone who was key for that was uh, a player who was actually just on as a, as, as a HIA replacement. Uh, he didn't come on fully until later. Deputant Nick Tompkins, and, and his debuts go, uh, it couldn't have been much better. For wasn't him. too shabby, was it, really? No. I mean, he had that 10-minute cameo when uh, Nick McNichol was having his HIA t- it tested after, you know, a bit of a bloodied nose collect- <laughs> connecting with uh, Anna Wynne jones's ankle. Um, first act that I noticed, he won a really good ta- uh, jackal penalty over the ball when the uh, Italian left wing was isolated and a one-up carry and then his part in the first try for Adams just showed what a good footballer he is you know what a good creative footballer as well the, the passing an absolute bullet pass he fired out to, to Lee Halfpenny and that created the chink in the Italian armour just gave uh, a bit of space for Adams to work on half overlap and he, and he, and he finished it and it, it does you know we've had centres who've done great things for Wales over the last 10 years in Jimmy Roberts who had a great day himself by the way for the yeah. Stormers today 27 against the Hurricanes he's done great things in the past so has Jonathan Davis so has Park so has Scott Williams Owen Walking recently but you know it's great to have uh, someone coming into the side who's got that kind of a passing ability and we saw it again with in the second half with a try that was disallowed um, when he just did the basics very well ball in two hands drew the last man put John, um, George North in unfortunately a, a, you know, a knock on the build up so it ruled out but then it was the absolute moment that capped his display which is his try Picked a really nice line off a ruck after a carry through from Corey Hill. Dive past some bigger. He took it, cut through. Work still to do with Minotti, the last man, the Italian fullback in front of him. But he left him clutched in thin air. Lovely step. Backed his footwork, went past him. And you could see it from his touchdown mentioned meant. Uh, sort of signaled to the skies, I think. And I, I think the suggestion was that it was for his grandmother, from you know, yep. Enid, I think, from Wrexham, Wrexham yeah. who uh, is the reason he's able to be here. And. Um, God bless Enid, because she's um, her family connection has given us a player who I think is going to be a real asset for us. Only twenty-four years of age. Exactly. That's the. Th- I think his age is is vitally important because I've spoken to a few English journalists, and, and and their assessment is, had he been one or two years older or one or two years younger, he'd be he'd be an England cap by now because. You know, had he been two years older, he'd have probably got in in that sort of post twenty fifteen World Cup period. Had he been say twenty now, he'd be in the England squad, sort of to build after the the last World Cup. But just because the way his age fell, he, he didn't quite sort of get into sort of Eddie Jones's thinking. No, and that that helps Wales. Well, it's a real story, isn't it? When you think about it, that um, you know. 
Pivak has said that five years ago, four or five years ago, he saw him play for the Saracens against the Scarlets. Was hugely impressed. Found out he was Welsh qualified, and they made a big effort to get him on board of the West Wales region. That failed, but he kept his name in his head. He kept monitoring him, and having taken over the Wales job, one of his I think primary goals was to try and get Nip Tompkins on board. Knew he had this qualification, and he finally got his man. And it looks like a really good, yeah. smart bit of business by Pivak. Really good acquisition, and it does create a bit of a headache next week. Now, what Wales do? Because obviously George North start in the centre. And what you've got really with the North there and McNichol having going well in the wing, um, there's a big decision to make about who comes back. And we don't think that Liam Williams is going to be available no. by the sound of it, but Owen Watkins might be available. A, um, a, so yeah. you've really got then four people available to play in the centre in Parks, Watkin, Tompkins, and North. And you've got four people available to play in the back three in North, McNichol, Halfpenny, and Adams. So something's got to give somewhere. Yeah, and resummit as well, of course. Exactly. So, should we should we break it down by position where we think what's going to happen? So, full back, obviously, Liam's well, uh, not. Yes, fit. I think Halfpenny stays there I now. I think even if Liam was, and he played very well yeah. today, Lee. Exactly. I, I didn't I, put a foot wrong. Um, his contesting of the of the, chick, uh, the kick to reclaim was excellent. He was solid as the rock behind because Wales were breached a few times. There were a few missed tackles. The, the Italian offloading caused a few issues, and they did get behind Wales in a couple of times. But the scramble defence was excellent, and Halfpenny's a big part of that and helped. Wales nil in opposition um, and I think that yeah Halfpenny stays there at fullback and then there's decisions to be made in the outside backs Indeed um, just just quickly on Halfpenny I think even if Liam was fit for next week there's absolutely no reason to, to sort of throw him out because I thought he's fantastic he's playing well and he's been playing good rugby since the World Cup yeah, obviously Liam well, hasn't played in South Africa Well again it's just we shows how well off we are and Indeed. how blessed we are but as you say, Yeah the wings It's a really difficult one I mean obviously a large part of it depends what they do in the centre I think you know there's going to be a big case for Tompkins starting in the centre either with Parks or with North you know because I think Hadley's taken so many bumps and bruises yeah. over the last year and you know we, we hear from our colleagues who, that he was like you know a bit bruised at the end of the game came off for 52 minutes we don't know exactly how he's going to be shaping physically um, but if they you know logically you perhaps think if he's fit it'd be Parks and maybe Tompkins and then you've got a big decision about who misses out on the wing I was going to say it's interesting that um, our colleague Matt Southam's just come back and sort of said that you know Parks he saw Parks afterwards and he, he looked a bit knocked up because I, I read sort of Tompkins coming on for Parks as, as sort of the best of both of giving Tompkins time in the centre while also giving North the full 80 minutes yeah. to really sort of but maybe that is the case in which case you know centre could be interesting next week um, I think Tompkins has made a really good case to start he, he just looks a proper rugby player. He knows what he's doing yeah. out there. I think he's the, a class act. We heard he was a great finisher from Cyrus and seen clips of him. We've seen that now as well. He was good in defence as well. Targets men over the ball. Just doesn't make many mistakes. And he's just got great hands. I think the phrase to the manner born really suits. It's a lovely range of passing, yeah. you know. So then it comes on to wings. Uh, Josh Adams on the one is written in pen isn't it but I think McNichol on the other wing offers such a lot in an attacking sense now we've always said that if there is an issue maybe occasionally defensively or under the high ball and a couple of the stats suggest there are a couple of missed tackles but I I like him his arcing runs when he comes into midfield he just makes things happen and makes defences like anxious on the edge because you know he'll take you on all the time in those areas and if he gets half a chink of light then he's got the pace to go away for you and he's a great finisher as well so you know 
know, I it's it's hard. George, George North has just become the joint second world's all-time try scorer. I think he's drawn level with Gareth Thomas. Only Shane Williams ahead of him. Yeah. Huge contribution to Welsh rugby, um, and he didn't do much wrong at all today. And carried strongly. It was a really determined finish. Hey, listen, I'm glad I'm not the selector. Let's put it that way. Exactly, and that, that's the thing, isn't it? Even whoever misses out is missing out playing well, which is the sort of headache you want as a coach rather than sort of when, yeah. when you, you, you're selecting players who aren't playing. Well, the other thing, of course, is we're playing Ireland next week and you know the game has just finished in Dublin and it was 19-12 to Ireland, I think, looking at the final score. And um, watching the final minutes of that game, Scott and were absolutely camped on the Irish line. and it, it looked like they were in, you know, within sight of, of getting the try that had drawn the game level. In the end, um, Ireland pulled off a, a defensive penalty. Great jubilation there. But, you know, they were pushed all the way. And, of course, you know, it'll be talk- one of the issues that'll be talked about the week, Stuart Hoggs. I mean, he's a great player, Stuart, but, but he'll have nightmares over that. Scotland captain for this season. It's been a difficult couple of weeks for Scotland with the Finn Russell affair. Um, they would have taken a lot of heart out of today's performance. And if he'd scored that try, and it was just one of those classic ones where he's there, he's in, he goes to put the ball down just maybe a momentary lapse of concentration the ball slips from his fingers um, but I think the big thing you look at that from what we watched in that game the bits I've seen you know they, they ask Ireland a lot of questions and I think Wales will take heart and they will look at that and they will look what Scotland where Scotland stressed the Irish team and uh, new coach in Farrell and uh, yeah well Wales are going to take them on aren't they I was going to say I've seen a lot of Ireland fans tweet in this week that their biggest fear was that Scotland, they didn't didn't expect Scotland to beat them, but they thought they'd expose enough weaknesses for Wales to sort of pick at in week two. And, and judging by the scoreline, that could well be the case. Obviously, yes. we haven't had a chance to sort of look at the tapes in depth, but it sounds like, you know, Scotland pushed them close. And I see a lot of people saying that, you know, Scotland probably even played into Ireland's hand at times in terms of how they carry sort of one-up runners, you know, not latching on, which against the Irish defence well, is and, tough. And seeing Stuart Hogg being put over in the left corner, albeit he dropped it, having seen what Josh Adams does in the left corner give him a sniff and he'll finish those ones he won't be dropping it so I mean in turn of course Ireland will look at things that didn't go quite so well yep. with the Welsh performance and I guess that brings us on to the scrimmage which yep. and it's not the first time we've sat in well we've sat in, we haven't sat in this room too often but it's the first <laughs> it's not the first time on the podcast we've talked over the last six months nine months about Wales's scrimmaging issues you know it, it's something that cropped up in the, in the build-up to the World Cup um, we kind of got through the World Cup okay when Jones came in and did a job solidifying the loose head. But again today, um, three penalties conceded at the scrum time. Italy stressed Wales there, put them under pressure a little bit. Um, and it remains an issue. Now, there are the interesting thing is, of course, you have got Reese Carres coming back now available for the next game. You've got Rob Evans on the bench. I think Wynne Jones had a couple of penalties against him today, but Wynne's done a very good job overall over the last six months. Um, there's obviously no Thomas Francis in the tight end. Leon Brown came on. He will be pushing. You know, you've, you've got Will Griff John as another option there. Dylan Lewis offers so much around the field, you know, and some of the scrimmaging was okay. But the Welsh pack as a whole, a couple of scrums, they're under stress. They've got one penalty themselves and one free kick themselves, a few penalties against. I think the bottom line of that is that the scrum, there's still room for improvement and they will know that. And it'll be a test against um, Ireland because you've got Furlong and Keane Healy, who are two really, really experienced arch you know, professors of the, of the scrum yeah. who offer an awful lot. So that's going to be a challenge. Line out, generally good generally good um, both first try, two tries giving off Wayne, Wainwright line out takes and he's 
you know, losing Faletau obviously is a blow in terms of the things he brings. But having Wainwright at six does give you a really good back of the line option. Um, and he was a yeah. good source of line of ball. But then they varied that area as well. And he's, he's grown as a carrier, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he, he was dynamic carrier. He was excellent. And then you'd also line up wins from the likes of Faletau, Alan Wynne Jones, and Jake Ball. So the line up generally, well, one overthrow from Ken Owens in the first half and one not straight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, I would say if you look at the set piece, it would be the one area you'd look at and you'd say, not perfect, few blips, things to work on. Over to you, Jonathan Humphries. Let's sort it all out. Indeed. <laughs> um, where, where do we go next? Uh, I guess... Dublin. Well, Me and you. Yeah, we indeed, both go yeah, to Dublin. Dublin yeah. <laughs> Flights all booked, I hope. I hope, I you're be, I hope you're going to behave yourself out there, Benjamin. Uh, I'll try my best. Um, let's talk about Italy then. Um <laughs> Oh dear, Franco Smith. That's uh, that's some job on his hands. Well, I'm, I think probably quite glad he's just an interim coach. Really, <laughs> I mean that's twenty three successive defeats for Italy in the Six Nations. It's funny they actually played some nice rugby. You know, yeah. I thought some of the offloading from Canna and some of the lines they hit, but they're a pretty they're a pretty feeble outfit overall, to be honest, aren't they? And they were, you know, they were dismantled by Wales really, and it's a long, long championship for them. Um, they've got to now face up to life without Sergio Perezzi. I think they've got one more outing for him against England in the final game. Um, but they lack real quality, don't they, to be honest with you. And, um, yeah, it must be very, very... Uh, it must be a hard life being an Italian rugby fan internationally. because yeah, whenever, whenever you get these score lines, inevitably it's it's not long before the questions start about their, their worth in the tournament as a whole. It's when people start getting Georgia on their mind, to quote the song. <laughs> Um, uh, it's, it's difficult um, I suppose there will be uh, if it continues because they've got some tough games ahead of them now if it continues that argument will, will come up again so uh, yeah, it's difficult for, for Italian rugby because they've only got the two sides it's not a huge sport over there um, I suppose if you're looking for hope for the weekend for Italian rugby you look up in Colwyn Bay on Friday night where their under-20s I thought were absolutely outstanding admittedly yep. against a pretty poor Welsh performance but they were they had big men up front. They absolutely dominated Wales, um, fit, you know, in terms of the set pieces at the breakdown as well. And they had some real threats out wide, and they had a very good young scrum off from uh, from near Cardigan by the name of Stephen Varney. I, I'm old enough to remember his dad, Adrian Varney, playing. So um, they were, they, there's a lot of yeah. play. So that, that, if there's hope for the future of this weekend, it comes to their, their under twenties. And they've got to just try and build from there. Is this the second time that Varney's put Wales to the sword? Yeah, he's came off the bench and scored two tries against something under 19s or under 20s, under 18, under 19s. at the Arms yeah. Park, wasn't it? So, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I suppose they've just got to really try and bring some of these kids through. Indeed. Um, so, so let's let's sum up the day then for, for Wayne Pivak. How will he be feeling tonight? Well, um, I'm, I, I'm sure he'll be celebrating. He's got family over. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure it'll be. You'll be a kind of sense of relief in a way to get it up and done, you know. And it'll be a different kind of attitude within Wales in the next week to what it's been. You know, people were looking at this first game, and um, you know, if it hadn't gone right for Wales, if they'd struggled, or you know, God forbid, lost the game. The honeymoon period wouldn't have lasted very long. But I think now people have been encouraged by what they saw. They will have enjoyed what they saw. A few quibbles about the scrum here, a few little issues. But I think there's a recognition that that's a good squad of players Wales have got. Now a few options, you know, maybe Gareth Davis coming back in as well. You've got Liam Williams towards coming back in, Owen Watkins coming back in, Carrick. So there's, there's going to be competition, nice situation to have. And now he can go to Ireland and there'll be a different mood there because anything we achieve in Ireland 
We don't win too often there. No. There was a time back in the day when Ireland used to win in Cardiff and Wales used to win in Dublin. But recent years, or the last 10 years, it's not been the happiest of hunting grounds. And although the Ireland, you know, didn't really impress that much against Scotland today and were pushed hard, it'll still be a tough battle. And I think we'll learn a lot more about this developing Wayne Pivak, Stephen Jones, Jonathan Humphreys, Brian Hayward team, and Sam Warburton. Yeah. Yeah. Over the next week. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And as I say, I'll be having to drag you out of abracababras about three o'clock in the morning, no doubt. I can't, other, I can't make any promises. Other, other kebabs are available in Dublin. And uh, there'll be a lot of Welsh fans over there travelling with real enthusiasm, I think. Cause I remember, ironically, the, the last time Wales played a Six Nations game in, in Dublin was at the start of the 2018 tournament. I think it was at the, the week or two after they, they played Scotland and, and won convincingly. When they were almost playing pivac ball by proxy, Gatlin picked a load of scarlets, and and they were playing a sort of pivac ball, and they caused problems out there. But they ultimately got choked by that Ireland team who went on to win the Grand Slam. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to come out of today is we, we we've 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 seen over the years the way Warren Gatlin coached Wales, and it was hugely efficient, particularly effective, particularly in Six Nations rugby. But it was kind of um, one kind of one kind of set of moves that you saw yeah. quite a lot they would be the, the, just moving one direction one direction stress the team until the opening arose and it was a lot of strong carriers and, and a lot of wearing down teams you know no greater example than last year the 35-34 try phase try against England I think what you're going to see with Wayne Pivak is a few more surprises along the way and a little bit more sort of variety to it and a little bit more freedom for the likes of Thomas Williams just to and John, Johnny McNichol just to roam and cause chaos. More variety in terms of whether it's going to go through the forwards, close range, or going to go strike, or more variety in terms of when to go wide very quickly, when to attack a counter ball. I think you're going to see lots of different ways of playing from Wales. And that's I think that's what what people will find enjoyable and um, of course you've got to back that up with wins yep but let's put it this way I think we had a marker of 10 I gave it 7.5 I think I mean I might now have taught myself given everything into an 8 out of 10 start oh there we go I'm, 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 you know, I'm getting more optimistic and more positive joined, as the day goes by joined, joined me and John Dole on the, uh, the old yes. 8 out of 10 I think that's the, the perfect place to leave it an 8 out of 10 performance an 8 out of 10 day for Wayne Pivak Roll on Dublin. But um, we'll be back again with two more podcasts uh, in the week. And in the meantime, you can catch all the latest news on Wales Online. Mm-hmm.